Welcome to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. What you often see in the headlines or on the news is often what our staff of Samaritan's Purse experiences on the front lines. And so we wanted to bring you behind the scenes so that you can get to know the heart of our staff members, but also be praying more strategically. And today I have Shannon Daly on the phone with me, and she is our program manager in Cookville, Tennessee. Here's what she had to say about the situation. Shannon, thank you so much for taking time today. Well, thank you for having me today. I would love it since you are on the ground um, and you have seen the devastation firsthand. I would love for you to talk to me about the tornado that came through Nashville and what the city or the surrounding areas look like. So here in Cookville, um, last Tuesday, about 1.15, an EF4 tornado came through. They had two other smaller tornadoes as well. But that EF4 um, hit this area and just caused a lot of devastation. There's over 400, 444 homes that have damage to them, 100 homes destroyed just in this county. Um, and there were 18 lives lost just in this county last Tuesday. Wow, wow, such devastation. Um, so can you talk to me about, yeah, what the morale is like? I mean, that is such a heavy blow to that community. Right, so here in Cookville, I will say that these people, they're definitely very hurting people. It was such a concentrated area that these people all knew each other, were very close to each other. Um, and with 18 lives lost in such a concentrated area, there's a lot of very raw emotions uh, of just hurt and guilt for their survival mm-hmm. um, and just desperation, not knowing what to do and what the next steps to take are. Um, but what we have seen, especially over this last weekend, is just a community that's ready to love on their neighbors and just help them out. And so the outpouring of help in the community, um, the outpouring of just support that the government agencies have here, the other volunteer agencies, is just amazing to come and walk alongside these people. So uh, Samaritan's Purse has three command centers, correct, throughout Tennessee. Can you talk to me about each of those? Yes, yeah, so throughout Tennessee, this tornado path um, covered about 150 miles. And so we have our site here in Cookville, which was kind of the end of the tornado. Um, but back at the um, start in the mid-range of the tornado, we also have a site um, in Nashville, and we have a site in Mount Juliet. And all of them are dealing with differing layers uh, but of devastation, uh, but definitely a lot of devastation in all those areas. So you all in coordination, how does that work with volunteers coming through? You just coordinate with each of the sites and what they need? Right. So each of our sites have kind of defined what we need as far as overnight volunteers and day volunteers. And as people go and sign up, uh, we have the support staff back in North Wilkesboro that um, then coordinates that, gets people assigned to the different sites to come out and fill our teams. And speaking to that, I've heard that we've had a lot of volunteers come out. Can you talk to us about what that has looked like? Absolutely. So here in Cookville, I could speak specifically on Saturday. Uh, we had 1,085 volunteers wow. uh, throughout that day. Um, then we followed that yesterday with 300 plus volunteers. And today, I believe I'm well over 200 volunteers out in the field. Um, and so, you know, they're going out with our assigned team leads and just starting canvassing those communities, working with those homeowners that have requested the help already, and then grabbing the neighbors and uh, helping them as well, seeking out the opportunities to assist them as well. Wow, that is incredible. Um, and w- when you said that about the team leads, can you talk to me about, I know when a tractor trailer is deployed, uh, are there four people that go with each trailer? And what does your team look like there? Yeah, when a, when a tractor trailer deploys to a disaster, um, we have varying numbers of staff. It can be three to four of us, a program manager, an assistant program manager, a driver mechanic, and sometimes an assistant driver mechanic. 
Um, and so other than that, it's all staff, but we have trained um, volunteers that are key volunteers for us who serve, we call them our site leadership team, and they serve in key roles, um, whether that be an office coordinator, a volunteer coordinator, team leads, assessors, um, to be able to be um, kind of expanded out our horizons. And so with a trained team lead, uh, you know, they know how to manage the team. They know all the paperwork that needs to be done, the discussions that need to happen with a homeowner before work starts. And so then they'll take, and our, our team leads on Saturday have hundreds of people on each of their teams and just canvas neighborhoods and yards uh, to get things cleaned up. Wow, what a what a workforce! Um, it's amazing to hear yes, how absolutely. you guys have been efficiently running um, such a, what could be such a chaotic situation. Um, so, can you talk to me about? You mentioned there were eighteen deaths in your community. Can you talk? I know it must be devastating. These people have lost, you know, their physical home, so many physical items, but more importantly, they've lost friends. They've lost their community. Um, can you talk to me about what it's been like? trying to minister to people with such devastating loss. Absolutely. Here in this area, it will, it'll touch your heart like none other. I think of the other day I was sitting here in this office um, with a police officer and his father-in-law. He did survive. Um, and um, he, he and his wife uh, were there in the home. His wife was over the top of two of their children. He was over the top of his daughter. Um, and as he was being thrown up in the air, they were being split across the floor. He was being thrown up in the air. Um, and his only thought was, this is how I'm going to go, but I can't let my newly adopted daughter, um, lose her life today. And so that daughter did break her femur, um, but she is on the road to recovery. Um, but just as, as they deal with that and just being able to listen to their stories and be able to encourage them. The most encouraging thing about that man though, was as he sat here, he's like, I don't need help, but my neighbor does. Hmm. Um, they don't have the same resources I have. And my other neighbor over here, he, he doesn't know Christ and he needs Christians in there helping him to introduce him to Christ. And so that's kind of the sentiment um, around here. And it's just, it's just a real opportunity to be able to just listen to their stories, to be able to share words of encouragement with them when they're uh, those that are Christians and just be able to share the gospel, that they're not alone, that God loves them um, and that Jesus Christ loves them. And so it's just such a great opportunity Um that can be very weighty, um, but um, it's just amazing to be able to, to just that they trust us enough to be able to share their story. Mm-hmm. And what have you seen God doing in and through your team specifically through this devastation? All right, so through our teams, again, they're, they're quick to be those listeners, um, to be able to minister to those homeowners um, on top of being able to do the work that gives an encouragement as well. But I think one of the stories that just amazes me is in that, over 1,000 volunteers we had Saturday. We had one of our volunteers that came to Christ. Wow. We had the opportunity to share the gospel with her and her mother, um, and she accepted Christ. And the mother left the door open for a visit later this week in, her, in their home to talk about it further. Um, and so we never know whether it's the person who's serving beside us or it's the homeowner that we're serving, uh, wherever it is. But our, our volunteers, because they are busy loving um, on people earn that opportunity to share the gospel. And so that's exciting. That is really amazing. Um, and speaking to that, the volunteers, are they mainly from Tennessee or are they coming from all over the country? We have had volunteers from all over the country, even day volunteers. People are driving in from Kentucky and from Georgia and from Mississippi and Alabama, um, as well as here all around Tennessee, North Carolina. And some of those are overnighters, but a good portion of those are people who've just driven in for the day to come and volunteer and help in this area. Wow, that is awesome. 
Um, and I know each day probably has looked really different, Shannon, but can you talk to me about what a typical day looks like for you and for your team? All right, for our team, those are staying overnight. They're going to get up and have breakfast at 6.30 in the morning. Um, we'll have devotions just to start our day off right and get them out in the field starting to help homeowners. And they're going to be out there sorting through debris, um, helping people try to recover uh, belongings, tarping roofs, picking up debris, um, cutting up trees, putting temporary, as I said, already putting temporary tarps on roofs, um, and be doing that all day until about 4, 4.30 in the evening when they come back and get that opportunity to rest as we have a, a shared time over dinner just to talk about our day and see where we saw God working. And it's amazing to hear the stories that they come back with. Um, but that's our typical day. That's awesome. And I knew each response is different, um, but how is how is this one in Nashville particularly different than any you've worked with? So I think here, I think um, great coordination with the city and the county and their involvement with us um, has been a, a, a true benefit here to be able to continue to keep things going smoothly. But I think the big difference here is just, I mentioned earlier, just that raw emotion um, of the people here. Mm -hmm. um, been to a lot of disasters, but these people, because they knew everyone so well um, that lost their lives, or just they're very broken um, and more broken than I've seen anywhere else. Um, it's just a great opportunity just to walk alongside of them and be a support to them. Mm-hmm. And I imagine being, you know, in a, a city with so many buildings hit, you know, and city infrastructure, and that's probably inf affecting traffic and traffic patterns and just making things a little more chaotic as well. That's true. Um, here, because where it hit the ground here, it did hit across a major highway, kind of ran down um, Highway 70. And so there are a lot of um, coordination that happens, has to happen a good portion of the area. You have to have placards to get in and so we're having to bus people in because we can't take individual vehicles because there's no place to park them and because we don't have any placards for every vehicle and so it's a little different logistically but it definitely causes for a good flow out in the disaster area. Mm -hmm. So Shannon um, I would love to know or our audience would love to know we're doing a quick news update for our audience how can we be praying let's start with your team how can we be praying for you guys? We need to be praying for our team here in Cookville just for safety as they're out there working, running chainsaws and heavy equipment and lots of people on a team um, could be very dangerous. And so we pray for safety for them. We pray for strength for them. Um, and we pray for compassion for them, that they will have compassion for everyone that they meet, um, be that the volunteer, the homeowner. Um, and just remember that we're here to serve God. Um, and we do that by serving others. Mm-hmm. And can you talk to me about um, how we can pray for the community? You've mentioned just how raw and hurting they are. How can we be praying for them? What are their needs right now? I think absolutely. Here in Cookville, I think the needs are um, to pray for those homeowners. Uh, just for um, a lot of them having um, survivor's guilt mm -hmm. um, and having praying that they have the opportunity to have people to be debrief with on that, to be able to talk through that, to have healing from some of that. I think specifically of homeowners that we have who still have family members in the hospital, praying for that and praying for healing for those. Um, even today, one of the homes we're working on, it's a two-year-old that's in a coma uh, wow. from the storm. So praying for healing for those that are still hurting um, and then praying um, that they can continue on in their recovery, being able to find a place to live with a hundred homes destroyed in a community that does not have a lot of uh, rental properties and those things available being praying just that they will doors will open 
for places for them to have a little more permanence and a little more stability. I was wondering that. Are people having to leave the community or are most able to stay within their county lines? They're, right now, a good portion of them are at uh, hotels, um, and they've got some folks who have been taking care of that for them. Um, and I know that there's realtors and stuff in town that are trying to help people be able to find something um, here in town to be able to stay because that is their desire is to stay in their community mm-hmm. from most everyone that I've talked to. Mm-hmm. And rebuild with their people. Correct. Um, yeah, I imagine that the grief, it's its probably like a wave, you know, it's like the ocean. It's like it just keeps coming in and they can't control that. But um, what they can control is, yes, finding hope in Christ. And so can you talk to me about the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and how they're working with you guys? It's the rapid response Absolutely. team. Absolutely. So when the rapid response team comes in, of course, they're here to to help our volunteers, there's a lot of debriefing that has to happen with that when you go out there and see that much devastation or in the middle of it. Um, so they're here for that, but they're also here for the homeowners. Um, and so they make sure that they meet all of those homeowners and are able to minister to them, encourage them, share the gospel with them. Um, and I will say here, we've had a lot of law enforcement and city workers that they've really reached out to us um, to help debrief their people. Um, when you think about that law enforcement that was there and those EMS that were in that community, um, the early morning hours um, and through the next few days during search and rescue and then moved to search and recovery. Um, and the city workers who were running bulldozers who in that process were finding some of those bodies. Um, and so they've reached out to our chaplains to say, can you come and help us deal with the grief and the uh, um, emotion of what we're going through. And so our chaplains have stepped up and been able to do that. And that's just a phenomenal way um, to reach into and be able to share the gospel um, while encouraging these people through their, as they process everything they've been through in the last week. Mm-hmm. And I know church partnership is so important. Can you talk to us about the church that you're working with and the way that they're going to be able to work, work with the community, even when Samaritan's Purse is, has left? Right. So we're partnered with Stephen Street Baptist Church here in Cookville, and they just opened their doors. They're in the middle of a construction process, um, but yet they said, if we're going to say we can't be here to house them because of construction, then our priorities are wrong. So we're going to make space and be flexible. Wow. And so they have been. And what a great heart to minister to their community. Um, their pastor has been out there running chainsaws. Other pastors uh, on their staff and church members have been out there doing that as well. Um, and so when we're gone... Um, because there will be a day when our work will be done, but they will be able to continue to minister in there. They'll be able to continue to follow up with these homeowners and others in the community um, to assure their needs are met and get them plugged in. And I will just say, not just um, Stephen Street, but with the busing, and we knew we were going to have over a 1,000 volunteers on Saturday. The pastor here put a call out to all the other pastors to get vans lined up, and they were able to get church vans that just ran all day, uh, cycling people in and out of the area as volunteers were coming. I mean, it's just amazing to see that many churches come together so quickly. You know, he literally sent the text out at like six in the morning um, asking for help on Friday. And by seven o'clock, he came and said, well, I already have five or six. And by the end of the day, we had about 20 buses um, and vans um, running people throughout the community. That's just the church coming together to do what they can do. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. That's incredible to hear. We hear I've, I've read and heard that, but hearing it from you and the testimony is really encouraging. We will keep praying for that. And I know I just have been praying that the Lord will counsel and instruct you. And 
it sounds like he is doing that. I want to share Psalm 32, 7 through 8. It says, You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will be. I will guide you with my eye. And that has been you know, my prayer, but uh, our audience will continue praying that God will truly counsel you in the way you should go and guide you um, and give your staff and, and the church what they need when they need it. And it sounds like um, he's doing that. Um, but I know... You have a lot of work still to do. Um, so we will continue praying. Can you talk to me about how God supplied the right volunteer at the right time and the right homeowner? God absolutely provides the right volunteers. And we saw a girl who has for two years has worked with autistic children. And she was able to go to a home where we learned that the child had just been diagnosed with autism. She was able to provide um, resources for them to go to. Uh, we had another home where there was a veteran um, and one of the people on the team was someone who had been through our OHOP program and he was able to um, minister to them um, along the way as well and just help him through some of his thoughts and um, concerns through PTSD. And so everywhere we go, we've seen that God's provided the person that was needed at that home to meet a need beyond just Mm -hmm. the storm. And so it's just amazing how God does that because we don't plan any of it out. And even think today we get ready, we're having a team that is going out in the field um, here in just a few minutes. And as we were organizing all of it, I finally sent the information about where they were going. Come to find out the lady who's organizing it knows the family. Hmm. Wow. She knows the whole family, has known them for a long time. And so, and it was completely chosen at random. Wow, that is incredible. And that's another thing that we can be praying for, just intercession on that and where people need to go and the teams that need to go at the right time. And um, I just love that. And I hope people listening, you know, if God's drawing you to, to get involved or volunteer, you never know. Yeah, you might not be handy, but you might have gone through something that will resonate with them. And, and you're right, it's not always the storm that is the problem. There are other problems and storms in their lives that um, people can minister to. So thank you so much, Shannon, for sharing and um, your stories from on the ground. Um, We appreciate you taking the time today. Well, thank you. And thank you for getting the word out about what's happening here so that people can be praying and supporting the people of Cooksville. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I enjoy talking to Shannon and hearing from the front lines what it's like, as we don't even know how to pray. We're watching the news, and that's why we wanted to bring you this episode quick while it's in the headlines. But this isn't it. We're working on a full feature episode, and that's why I love the podcast. We get to go behind the scenes and take you to the front lines. And so you heard from one of the three site managers that Samaritan's Purse is helping with in Tennessee. In the next episode, we will be covering more, more families, more homeowners, more staff and volunteers, so you can hear their hearts and know how to pray as Samaritan's Purse is responding to the storms in Tennessee. Thanks so much for tuning in, and have a great week.